0: Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism and Kabbalah as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to this on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. In today's episode, we will be continuing our discussion on the symbolic mythological aspects of the constellations within the Zodiac. With an examination of the sign of Aquarius that was once described by the poet Longfellow as The sun his locks beneath Aquarius tempers, and now the nights draw near to half the day. What time the hoarfrost copies on the ground the outward semblance of her sister white, but little lasts the temper of her pen. That's a quote from Longfellow. Some key dates and correspondences associated with Aquarius are as follows. So the solar conjunctions, astronomical is February the 17th to March the 11th. The Rashi, cider oil, February the 13th to March the 14th. Tropical calendar is January the 21st to February the 19th. The opposition is the September the 1st. The house is Saturn and the element is air. Key attributes of Aquarius are... Very much kind of avant-garde um, humanitarian so deep caring for other people um, as well as sort of big picture kind of strategy kind of thinking outside the box colors associated with this particular sign would be turquoise aquamarine, silver and black incenses would be things like uh, sort of clear sharp incenses and scents so things like gum mastic would be a good example Aquarius is the 11th sign and has as its symbol the water barrier, a human figure carrying a jar or a receptacle from which water pours out in a stream. Aquarius is currently one of the last signs of the zodiac, but in AD 2450, when the vernal equinox moves into this sign, it will become the first. And this is what we think is meant to signify the dawning of the age of Aquarius. The symbol of the water bearer is extremely ancient, um, and although we won't know exactly its origins, it's likely dating all the way back to ancient Egypt and Babylonia. For the Egyptians, the water bearer was known as the god Hap, who was a personification of the river Nile. This god carries two vases of water which were meant to represent the north and the southern Nile, and was also considered to be the bringer of life and rebirth of new life the importance of the Nile as being a life-giver in ancient Egypt is really really important when you're looking at these types of things because it's through the flooding of the Nile through that inundation that the crops and the cities along that river could flourish without the Nile people would starve there'd be no food they'd also not be able to grow any crops. The Nile began to flood in July during the month of Leo and this is the time of the year when Aquarius will rise at sunset or rather when the moon will be full in Aquarius. And Kenneth Johnson in his excellent book Mythic Astrology Archetypes describes as follows In a symbolic sense the Egyptians thought of the Nile as the god Osiris fecundating the goddess Isis who symbolised the Egyptian earth. The myth of Osiris has to do with the death, dismemberment and the eventual resurrection of this god. One of the holiest shrines of ancient Egypt is the Temple of Elephantine, venerated as the symbolic, though not the actual beginning of the Nile. Here was kept an especially sacred relic, the lower leg bone of the god Osiris. Nearby on the island of Philae, there was a bas-relief depicting happy the god of the Nile, pouring forth the water of life from two vases. The image of Aquarius is, of course, that of the water-bearer pouring forth the waters of life and the lower leg is associated with that in medical astrology. To the ancient Egyptians then, Aquarius represented the vital spiritual power which renews and fertilises all things. So this idea of the Water carrier is also very important in the Greek and Roman traditions where the man was meant to have been Zeus, pouring water down upon the earth, or also Ganymede bearing libations up to the gods. The Romans also considered Aquarius to be a source of the celestial river flowing from the constellation of Orion to Achenar, which is the star that marks the end of the river and Aquarius was meant to also control cosmic seas or the watery signs which included Capricornus, Cetus, Delphinus, Pisces and Pisces Astrinus when the Sun passed through these signs. In the Arabic traditions it was forbidden to depict um, a living being carrying the water bucket so they called it al-dal the, wool, the well bucket and it was also seen as being a Consolation of of good luck and fortune and the poet Longfellow who we quoted earlier wrote in his translation of Dante about Aquarius, a sign of no small note since there was no disputing that its stars possessed influence, virtue and efficacy, whereby they altered the air and the seasons in a wonderful, strange and secret manner. Moving over to Babylonian times, um, Aquarius was known as Gu or the water jar overflowing and they also associated the story of the Great Flood to the heliacal rising of Aquarius at the winter solstice around 5,500 BC. In the Hebrew alphabet, Aquarius was, was associated with the tribe of Reuben, and in Akkadian times it was known as Ak or Lord of the Canals which referred to the the floodwaters of these rivers essentially overflowing and inundating. In China the Emperor Chuan um 2510 to 2431 BC is meant to have made a decree saying that the year would begin with the conjunction of the sun and the moon close to the Tsar Su His, which was Aquarius. Um, and the, In China they also knew Aquarius as Huan Ying or the Dark Warrior, which was a symbol of the Emperor uh, hin who during whose reign there had been a, a massive flood. Moving over to the Greek mythology, um, as mentioned before, Aquarius is represented by Ganymede. Um, Ganymede was a Trojan prince or a shepherd who was basically carried off to heaven by Zeus in the shape of an eagle, where he was appointed as a cupbearer of the gods and honoured by being placed in the stars as a constellation of Aquarius and if we read the Homeric hymn um, to Aphrodite translated by Evelyn White um, it says the following Verily wise Zeus carried off golden-haired Ganymede because of his beauty to be among the deathless ones and pour drink for the gods in the house of Zeus a wonder to see honoured by all the immortals as he draws the red nectar from the golden bowl, deathless and unaging, even as the gods. And also, um, on the story of the constellation, we read in Pseudo-Aplodorus, Zeus kidnapped Ganymede by means of an eagle and set him as a cup-bearer in the sky. So you can see, obviously, this idea of this... um, this god Ganymede, this prince um, is, is taken up to the sky and kind of honoured in this constellation. Moving on to some of the magical aspects of Aquarius. So when the sun enters Aquarius, you know, winter seems a long way away and it's, it's starting to to kind of drift into memory. So this is an idea of new energy, new ideas, intellectual inspiration. Because this sign is ruled by Uranus, it's also you know, a very powerful sign to work with in regards to opening channels of communication with spiritual entities, spirits and familiars, as well as making changes in consciousness and energy work. One thing that people are often surprised about is why Aquarius is ruled by the element of air, when there are so many connections and symbolism associated with the sign of water, so obviously the water-bearer, the jugs, etc. This is an interesting question, but it also becomes clear when we consider that Aquarius is known as the water-bearer, or in the case of Ganymede, the cup-bearer. Aquarius is not the water itself, which is more associated with emotions and feelings, but rather it's the bearer of the source of nourishment knowledge and inspiration for the people that it sustains it's very much this idea of service to the people bringing that knowledge carrying that knowledge as a vessel as a grail water in this context can also represent spiritual knowledge and it is the Aquarian function to fill that container with spiritual knowledge and once it's full, tipping it out upon humanity. And not necessarily spiritual knowledge, it could just be um, you know knowledge that is useful, that's in service to others. Water in many cultures has symbolized the source of all creation. So in Kabbalah, we have Bina or Mara, which is the great sea. In Genesis, we also have this idea of God separating the waters into upper and lower, where the power of Aquarius is it's almost like this separator, the architect that creates new forms and it's in that context that the lines that form the glyph of Aquarius are the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics for water as well if we look at many Egyptian temples as well on that note they were surrounded by moats or sacred lakes and this is the, again this is the idea of the water barrier of Aquarius is often Egyptian priest who acts in the service of the divine. So that's a few ideas just around that uh, to clear up that thing because that's often something that people get confused about. That's all we've got time for this week. Uh, Next episode we'll be talking about Pisces. I'd like to finish this episode with a poem from the great German philosopher Johann Wolfgang von Goethe in which The character of the young Ganymede is seduced by Zeus through the beauty of spring. And this is Ganymede by Goethe. How in the morning brightness you all around shine at me, springtime beloved. With thousandfold love bliss the holy feeling of your eternal warmth Presses itself upon my heart's unending beauty. Could I but embrace you in this arm? Ah, upon your breast I lie anguish, and your blossoms, your grass, press upon my heart. You cool the burning thirst of my bosom. Lovely morning wind, there calls the nightingale lovingly for me from the misty vale. I come, I come, whither, ah, whither. Up, up, it surges, the clouds are leaning, downwards the clouds, bow down to yearning love, to me, to me, in your lap, clouds, upwards, embracing, embraced, upwards to thy bosom, all loving father. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Occult London Podcast, I hope you've enjoyed it, please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk. Thank you and good night.